Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Pod Fix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 210 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to... Bugger them up. We'll go with that. In our very, very humble opinion, I am absolutely delighted to welcome on the show today the fantastic Jill Gavorgazian, who has made the fantastic movie... The stylist. Joining me as my co-host today is the wonderful producer and director Dom Lemoir. Hello, buddy. Hello, Giles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got. How are you doing? That's it. There was no, no preamble. Just I'm all right. Then excellent. <laughs> With Jill, we talk about her brand new film, The Stylist, which is out now on Arrow Player. You can go watch it. We talk with her all about how to go from a short film to a feature film. We talk learning to trust people and your crew and how you must have your vision locked in. We also talk about funding, including crowdfunding, favours and getting great advice about how to use locations when you're on a budget. We also talk about how to organise the shoot, planning it, adjusting to making a feature, editing the movie, and Jill also gives you some amazing advice to go out there and make your own feature film. That is all coming up for you, Jill Gavagazian on the Filmmakers Podcast. Dom, how are you, buddy? What's happening? I'm fantastic. Yeah, the sun is shining, winter is flying out the window. That's wonderful. Have you got anything productive done um, since the last time you were on the Performance Podcast that you could tell our listeners about? Almost nothing. No, no, I, I have been. I've been uh, developing a <laughs> documentary, um, which is which is actually. I'm not even going to reveal anything about it because it's uh, it's done. Please don't. Please don't. I've Keep been, it a wonderful. Yeah, wonderful surprise, yeah. So so you're making a documentary that's amazing. I'm really pleased. I can't wait to hear more about that. But your feature, the script that you've written, have you have you got any progress on that at the moment? Has anything happened? Uh, Yeah, I'm just I'm going through uh, through another cut. So cutting out pages, um, trimming it down. Just literally red pen through it. Yeah, yeah. Best way. Pretty pretty much. Yeah, the 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 structure's all there. But um, I I was reading a scriptwriting book actually recently, and. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> got to start somewhere. One, what exactly? <laughs> one, one, one you'd recommend? Or? Uh, uh, yeah, it's called How to Make a Good Script Great. Um, yes, yes, I've got that one. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's a good one. And, um, you know, one, one of those things, if your script's too long, there's, there's generally two ways 
um, that it's too long. It's either the dialogue where you're sort of over explaining things in the dialogue or it's the scene descriptions, in which case you're being overly descriptive. Or you've just put too many bloody scenes in. And you just need to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's repeating itself. Yeah, it's, it's not that though. Cut it so, out. Um, so it's it's Cut it's it. one of the, one good. of the ones. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm busy in the sort of the the culling process. Because it's a really nice feeling when you you look back at your script, not saying I'm we're good or anything, but you know when you look at something again, you go, oh my god, did we really write that? That's yeah. quite good. That, and then you look at the bits and go, yeah, that's terrible. We did write that a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's either really really good in your eyes or, or really really bad. Uh, yes. It, it very rarely yeah. fits in, into the, the sort of middle ground. Yeah, you don't want it to be in the middle ground. You want it all to be really good and really happy. Really it bad. takes a long time to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want it to do that, but it often is. <laughs> so anyway, look, um, myself and Dom could talk all day about scripting, and I'm sure we will. Uh, if not, I'm sure this will all be cut out. But um, I wanted to tell you, <laughs> I wanted to tell you about our first ever competition i think it might be first it might not be the first but anyway it's the first this year um and we have teamed up with greenlit who are a fantastic crowdfunding platform um and we have decided to do this competition and it's free to enter and you can win two hours one-on-one consultancy consultancy with peter's story and the greenlit team you can also win a uh, half an hour zoom consultancy i can't say consultancy uh with me consultancy yeah consultancy thank you uh, to discuss directing producing acting or anything you want um and veganism maybe if you wanted to talk about that half an hour i would love it um and if you enter this competition you could all there's going to be three winners by the way uh, you're going to get free access for the rest of 2021 to all the events from our friends at Cine Circle. Uh, they have some amazing training and networking events which cover filmmaking um, and beyond and their women in film community and showcases as some of the most popular out there. So you get that. But that is not all. Everyone that enters can join a special free invite-only Greenlit Filmix podcast event, 10 Myths of Crowdfunding Your Film, to be hosted by Peter Story. Uh, and they'll be dropping load of truth bombs and making you think about your audience and funding in a new way this is amazing uh, entries close 5 p.m on wednesday the 24th and the winners will be announced on the next filmmakers podcast after that day how great is that it's a free competition so if you want to make your film right and you're struggling here's a way forward this is it ladies and gentlemen do not wait around enter this competition it's free why not that's what you get you like that dom sounds pretty exciting <laughs> I mean, you've, you've pretty much said everything that can be said about it. You sounded so unenthused. Oh my god! All the information will be uh, on our website and in the show notes as well. But just go to our website, thefilmmakerspodcast dot com. Free competition. Do it. Why not? You've got nothing to lose. Uh, and speaking of crowdfunders, massive shout outs to Robbie McCain because he completed his crowdfunder for Tohoku, the documentary film that he's making. Thank you all those who did support him, who have listened to this podcast. You are amazing. He is over the moon. He's going to Japan. He's making that doc. What up, Robbie? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, is, that is amazing. And it's also it's also very exciting that he's, he's going all the way to Japan uh, and he set his sights on on you know such an interesting subject so uh, massive congratulations from filmmaking community for doing that also i'd like to give a shout out to alex de who is doing his crowdfund at the moment of how to cope with oliver pope 
nicely rhyming there. Alex, I've spammed to within an inch of his life on many, many of our uh, film events and podcasts. So this is uh, this is payback for him. Absolutely. The link to that, to Alex's uh, crowdfunder, which is on Greenlit, is in the show notes. The very talented Deborah Wilde, uh, who stars in The Dare, stars in this as well. And I'm sure, with your help, wonderful listeners, they will hit their target. Um, so there we go. How exciting. Yes, let's get to today's episode. Oh, I'm Charles Alderson, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, let's get to today's episode. With Hello, Don Lenoir. Yeah, but we know that because I introduced you. <laughs> and it's good that they know again. Uh, it's silly season. I'm enjoying this. Right, let's get to today's episode with the fantastic filmmaker Jill Gavargazian talking all about her amazing movie, The Stylist. Sit back, relax. And enjoy a serious conversation now. It <laughs> <laughs> will happen eventually. Sorry, I'm late, guys. How are you guys doing? Really lovely to meet you. No problem at all. It's great to meet you as well. Yeah, real pleasure. You've got a very, um, a very ornate and, and magnificent wall and, and ornaments behind you. <laughs> yeah, look at that. I love the red hair as well, which matches yours <laughs> on that picture behind. That's incredible. <laughs> is that from the m- film? That is actually a painting that was done for the short film. That's gorgeous. Where are you now? You're in Kansas. Yep, I'm in Kansas City. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Where it is like freezing today. Actually, I guess it's the coldest day in over 30 years here. <gasps> <laughs> no way. Got that heating turned right up. So I'm glad to be inside right now. <laughs> of course. My gosh. I've never been to Kansas. I'd love to. One day I want to go to Kansas. It just sounds so cool. I've heard it for years in The Wizard of Oz and everything. You know, it's like Kansas City. <laughs> is it, yeah, is it just like The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone thinks. That's <laughs> totally. not been here. Not quite. Um, nope. Well, what's funny is Kansas City sits on the border of Kansas and Missouri and really like the bulk of the downtown that's cool is on the missouri side and like you'll go to see a band here and they would always be like what's up kansas if they're on missouri. they didn't know ever know where they were it was always right. like a thing here would be like you're in missouri but no one knows where they are no so people <laughs> just like let's say kansas let's say kansas Annie M, Annie M. Just great. <laughs> How cool is that? Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Jill. Thank you so much for spending time with us, chatting about your amazing film, The Stylist, um, because it is a brilliant film. It's so cool. It's so up my street with a horror vibe. It's really, you get inside her head. It's cool. It's a really well-made film. And and incredibly, it's your debut feature. Um, wow. You know, well done you, first of all. Just just great um i think that's really really cool um it must have felt incredible right to have this you know this really cool film and again when you're making it and when you're putting it out there we see all the faults right you see all the issues and things but we'll come to that i suppose in a bit but how does it feel at the moment to have your film your debut film coming out and getting this amazing response it's getting uh yeah very surreal and i think it's going to be a major wake-up call especially march 1st when it goes on arrow player um the festival experience has been awesome and i'm just always kind of closely following the responses on twitter since we can't be in person at least we do have social media to like see reactions like right away that we've been trying to make this movie for so long and so to finally do it and it turn out how we hoped it would and it's just all been so freaking exciting amazing love that 
Can I ask how long it has taken from uh, from the conception of it as a short? Oh my gosh! So I <laughs> I have this piece of paper I have found where I wrote like the first ideas down for the stylus, and that was actually in 2013. And then we we shot the short in 15. It came out in 16, and then we've been writing the future and trying to get it made ever since then. So it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. Interesting. That I mean, it seems normal. You know, we talk to a lot of filmmakers. We're filmmakers ourselves, and there's one film I've been trying to make for over ten years now. There's a friend of mine who's been making his film for twenty years. They're in post now. Twenty years they started filming that. So when you think yeah. of that, you kind of go, "Oh, okay, ours wasn't too bad." Maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but still, it's comforting. It's comforting to know that people are in a worse position than you. But how amazing! So let's let's jump in because the stylist is about hairstylist. And it's it's about the journey this person goes on and deeper, deeper and darker into the 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 whole, you know, the anti-M world, the Wizard of Oz world that this this, you know, in, in a ridiculous way of putting it into that dive, the deep dive into the dark, twisted mind. I like you tying in Wizard of Oz. You see what okay. I did there? You see what I did? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is great. And we want to talk all about this and the fact that you're a hairstylist yourself. Let's jump into that and the story and why make this short? Why do this? Why become a filmmaker and go through the absolute torture that we put ourselves through? Hopefully not based on a true story. <laughs> Let's hope not no no not at all <laughs> so how did you start why why get into independent horror films why get into filmmaking talk us through what did you have a favorite film let's start there what was your favorite film as a kid oh my that's hard i've always it's been hard it's always hard for me to pick favorites with anything because it's like a hundred films at one time are my favorite maybe um but growing up i started watching horror at like 10 years old when i go stay with a friend whose parents didn't pay attention to what we were doing nice. so we would get you know but that was the best that's when i saw like candy man and that was for, i mean i still think candy man is one of my favorites still um texas chainsaw is my favorite horror film of all time oh love it we're gonna go into that mm, but, uh, yes please yeah yeah <laughs> i started a screening series here in kansas city in 2012 where we showed independent horror and through that is where i was inspired like when I was younger, I made stuff for fun with friends on videotape and uh, but didn't do anything seriously till way later after I started that series and realized that like real people made movies. I was like, you don't have to be like I always thought I don't know what I thought, honestly, until I met filmmakers that made stuff that was like legit. And I especially saw that with short films. I realized, oh, this is a way to make something very high quality with little resources. Um, so I was so inspired when I like basically first discovered short films and it was through like short horror. So just like dove in a year later, having no idea what the hell I was doing. Still don't know if I do. <laughs> sure, sure. The festival you do or the monthly showcase, I suppose, is called Slaughter Movie House. Is that right? Is that the name yes. of it? Slaughter Movie House. Oh, brilliant. Shout out to you lot. Because what, what a brilliant thing to do to set up an event sort of going, well, look, I want to showcase people's work showcase horror showcase this you know in, in kansas and in the missouri where you are and i really like that and that obviously must have inspired you seeing all these other shorts and people coming along making their films and you must have thought yeah i can do this too because at that point you hadn't you'd made lots of things like on your, your dad's camcorder you made like you say you just picked up other cameras and shot stuff but was the stylist the first short you'd made proper one after setting up this festival uh, my second, but we did a short called Call Girl first, which okay. was written by my friend Eric Havens. 
um, they were considering directing it and I was going to help produce it. And I didn't even know what that meant. It's still hard to describe what a producer is to people, you know, (laughs) but um, yeah, then they decided they didn't want to direct that. It was the pressure was, you know, it just wasn't their thing. And I still work with them as a writer. So I was like, can I want to direct it? And (laughs) did you, what really was like, what am I thinking? What am I going to do? And just, yeah, dove in and put it together. We did a Kickstarter. We made it a, a decently big project. I got like Lawrence Harvey from Human Centipede 2 in there. Wow. He's one of my favorite actors. I worked with him a lot now. Um, interest in risk from like kind of known from American Mary and the editor and lots of stuff. Uh, they were in my first short. So we did a Kickstarter and it was a whole thing. And But it was a tiny thing, honestly, compared to stylist which was kind of scary to jump into how, how did you feel it went was it was it a challenge did it did it kind of uh tick all the boxes that you intended when you set out what, what went wrong with it no it went really well i was it's kind of my situation i always <laughs> tend to work with people that like intimidate me that are i feel way more experienced and then in once i went through the process i was like well that's the way to do it because i learned so much from everybody that i worked with that's a good way to do it. Surround yourselves with with the best you can. If you can get the best DP, the best first AD, the best uh, art department team, well, it's only going to make your work look better, right? I mean, learn from them. People get very scared of, uh, you know, oh, well, what if they're better than me and they, they, could, they find me out, you know, I'm suddenly I can't do this. No, if you surround yourself with those people, they're only going to help you in your vision and your dream, which is great. And that's obviously what happened on Call Girl for you. Well, that's kind of the, I feel like that's the thing when you're starting is to slowly find, you know, your film family. Um, Call Girl, there's actually not a lot of people I worked with past that, except for my special effects artists. We really just, it wasn't a lot of professional people. We kind of just threw it together. It's a film that is meant to look like it's coming from the perspective of a webcam. So in sense of how we shot it, it was easier in one way but really challenging in another because it was like shooting one long take essentially stylus was such a big jump because it was a 15 minute multi-scene not shot one angle it's a to- you know like really like felt like my first film in a sense because of how call girl was approached in such a unique way yeah what did you learn from call girl then that you took on to stylus it was weird we shot stylus ne- after call girl was probably the next one but then i made a couple small shorts in the meantime while we were we were in post production on stylus for like a whole year on the short. Right. I learned a lot in that process. Yeah, tell um, us. Yeah. But with Calgar, I probably just I feel like you know that was my first time collaborating on a film. So I'm sure I apologize to everyone I worked with on that project. I'm sure it was much harder to deal with. <laughs> and people now are, that I work with now are probably like you were harder to deal with. Uh just kidding. Um <laughs> but it's Learning to how to collaborate is like a process, but something like you said, you need to learn how to trust people. And everyone has like is you know a, their key position for a reason. It's like yes, let them have the, you know it's important to have your your vision locked in. Or you if you don't, everyone will cre- kind of create it for you. But um, 
you really want all those people to shine and give you their ideas. Cause what's the, if what's the point of working with them, if you're just going to tell them what to do and not hear their ideas, you know, and they're normally better than yours. Cause that's what they do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so how did the, uh, how did the idea for the stylist come along for the short initially? Well, just honestly being a hairstylist and thinking in the whole, uh, Robert Rodriguez teaching, which is like, you know, what do you have access to to make your film look more, you know, higher production value, which is like location, 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 <laughs> you know, like the cooler location you have, it, it makes your film look 10 million times cooler, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I feel like I learned that early. A lot of that was like, I'm in the salon and I'm like, it was, I think it was more, how is there not already a hairstylist killer movie? You know, other than Sweeney Todd, which yeah, exactly, really yeah, I was I was so surprised when the I was like, surely this it was it was like when I heard of the stylist, I was like, my God, how's no one done this? And it was like, of course, this is such a great opportunity for someone to listen to other people's bullshit and then just go, do you know, I just want to kill you, and oh, <laughs> I want to take your hair or do something, you know, and, and it's fascinating. I love the concept. I first was like, how does the really, you know, funny slasher version of it not exist, especially yes. like the dentist or like the mm. doctor, all the Dr. Giggles, all those types. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like I love to watch those movies, but if I was going to, my like passion is more on character pieces. So I took it more of a serious thriller route, but treat all the, you know, horror or all the kills as horror as possible. But I, I'm still like, there could still be, and maybe one day I'll make the really over-the-top slasher version of it, where it's just like kill, like kill twenty people, you know, in the movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm like, how does this not exist already from the late '80s, early '90s era? You, you just, I think it's because there's not as many women making movies. Because I don't know that this idea would have come from a man not to be talk about, but it's just like a very feminine world. Um, I really only thought of that recently talking to people about it. I was like, maybe that's why it hasn't existed. It's a really good point, you know, and it's true. There's, there is, I mean, we know this in this business, there are less women filmmakers and certainly doing horror filmmaking, you know, and it's, it's really, it's true. There's so many ideas that can be mined from stuff that men for all these years have just, you know, chucked out horror, chucked out horror. And actually it's really interesting coming from a different, mindset a different perspective for for the horror world and i think it's really refreshing obviously of course there is m many filmmaking women filmmaking horror horror filmmaking women filmmakers <laughs> out there and I, I got that i got that got, i got that um that turned into a riddle i don't know, what don't know what's what happening i was saying but it's true and and i think you know you've you've tapped into something that is really interesting really fantastic and a great world for those that don't know um what the stylist is about um it is pretty much a well we'll call her uh, a fantastic stylist because she is everyone loves her work um she's very lonely and she becomes obsessed with the lives of her clients and she descends into murderous madness hi right this way so what's the plan i wish my hair would do that but we all want what we don't have We all want what we don't have. <laughs> Claire, this is amazing. 
can't wait to see this with the dress. Oh, neither can I. <laughs> so, how's the wedding madness? Getting married turns you into such a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> I am actually nervous. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I love you. Tell me about you, Claire. I do hair. You get to go in and out of people's lives. You hear stories. The hairstylist. She's creepy. Doesn't look naturally know her. You give life advice. Almost like having a family. Are you okay? Stupid! Ah! What are you doing? It's such a cool idea. Did what, and this came from you. Just talk us through more about how you thought. How could you adapt this? How could you make this? You know, really cool idea into a, a short at first, and then we'll talk about the feature. I'm really attracted to which this sounds so morbid to say it when i say it out loud every time but like i love tragic stories i have since i was like a really little kid movies that make me cry i think just stuff that really affects me emotionally whether i'm crying because it's something super inspired hopeful is happening or horrible also super interested in character pieces about like especially confront complicated characters that like the ideas are confrontational to you as like a viewer. It's not something you can just watch and, you know, sit back and relax. Um, but on the contrary, we all need that stuff too. It's not one or the other <laughs> to, to soothe us. But um, so I've always been really interested in characters that are like, you know, you could look at from many different perspectives and that especially the typical bad person you know like your anti-hero story where you actually get to know them and they're not it's not just the one dimension of the bad thing they've done or they're not just a monster like in your traditional slasher where you don't get to know you know the bad person it's it's certainly quite it's certainly quite a conflicting experience watching it because your protagonist you you do feel quite sorry for at times and there are some quite emotional scenes but at the same time, she's she's going out there murdering, and it it puts you in a position where you're 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 kind of really unsure whether you should be on the side with her or not, which is which is quite an interesting perspective to be to be thrown into. Was that difficult to balance? Yes, and the the hope was like that people people ultimately just aren't realize that there isn't like just you know one answer because I think we so easily can call people even in real life monsters and just, you know, throw them away. And we never get to the root of any of those problems. We just keep banishing everybody and that doesn't fix anything. Um, so on a deeper level, that's kind of the stuff I'm thinking about, about it. But I'm always, yeah, I've been really attracted to movies about people. It's almost more about the people that I'm more interested in than the storyline, like what them and then what they go through is the story. But um, like, I love coming of age films and like films like Moonlight's coming to my mind right now. It's like the best film I've seen, I feel like in 20 years. Yeah, I just love people and knowing that like, you know, we're not all good or bad. We're all both. And I'm not definitely excusing anything that Claire's doing. And 
I love films that make you think. And so she kind of, I wanted her to just like stay with you after the movie, I hope. And I think, I think this, the score helps uh, a lot. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the sort of influences for the sort of surrealism and, and the score behind it. Cause that was a, that was a very big part of it for me was really getting sucked into her, her world. Um, and it does kind of elevate it into a different kind of territory from, um, you know, the sort of traditional slasher um, stuff. So I wanted to sort of explore that process as well. Yes. Oh my God. Make working it with on the score was the coolest experience from only making things that are like 10 minutes long. It's a much, it seems like it's an obvious thing to say, but like to actually approach the score for the, for, for almost a two hour thing. I was like, wow, this is so many things to think about. Um, but we, with the score and kind of with almost everything, like even how the, the camera would, act or look at things we would we wanted it to reflect claire and how she felt which is kind of what you're saying i'm just glad or it's great to know that like it yeah pulls you into her world because we were like the music should always reflect her feelings because this is her story in every way that's been our focus and <clears throat> so especially when we were talking me and nick elert is our composer i've worked with him on like everything i've done it's good to have those collaborations isn't it it's you know the team you know you work well together and you go yeah yeah come come work me on the next one you know it's really nice yeah it's so such a dream to finally make a feature with him he had, he's making he's made a few before with other directors and um so we we're talking through certain scenes kind of struggling with like how to describe it was really all was awesome as we just talked through the whole movie in how it feels. I'm not like, I want it to sound like this specifically. I, I don't write music. I don't, what I, I su supply him with like tons of scores that I like the feeling of. And then we actually talk through like every scene. Um, but certain moments we'd be like, well, we want, like we have, you know, a few kind of stalkery moments and we were like, well, how do we do this? We don't want it to feel like your traditional being followed thing. Cause we're, Instead, it's like, instead of being hunted, we're hunting. So it's still dark, but it's like somehow that's the intention. Like, you know, it's just like little things like that, which that guy's like a music, a freaking genius. You know, like a lot of musicians are. I think they just like, I don't understand how they operate. Yes, yes. It blows my mind. I just like tell them like, it should feel like being hunt, like she's hunting someone versus how a film often would feel scary, like you're the victim while you're watching it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and I was like, I don't know what that means as like literally, but that's how it should be. <laughs> and then he just like gets it. I don't, it's like, and then what's crazy is with everything we wanted to approach it with this elegance, but it's like a distorted version of it. And I sent him a lot of these really pretty scores with like full orchestras and He's like, what if I attempt that type of sound, but through all of my really weird ass devices I have? He has so many things. So it's like we're attempting for it'll be like that, but we'll have this natural distortion coming through these other things. And I'm going to do it all myself instead of having like hiring musicians and having actual strings or anything. Um, so this, these ideas of his are freaking, I just, that's why I'm like, let someone like that just do their thing because that's, amazing <laughs> it's great when you can rely on people to just do that and go off and make their own world and make you know with you it's it's really special and i, and I think that's a big uh, i think that's a big part of what what made it um what made you connect 
to her even when she is doing the hunting is there was this level of the you you definitely felt the sense that she was finding a beauty in what she was doing um as well as just the sort of the murder side it wasn't just like you didn't feel like okay she's just going to go and kill someone you you definitely felt that layer of kind of um you know obsession that that was behind it all and i think that was really fascinating absolutely that's was. awesome yeah <laughs> let's let's talk about the short and going from the short to the feature because the short won 17 awards right if not more around the world it did very well on the festival circuit as it should so from this obviously your other shorts you put out there and you've done bits and pieces but the stylist obviously rose above you know when one does you're like right was was the intention always to make a feature out of it or did that come from the success of the short it was always the intention um i wish on a I had wished so much, especially at that time, that we had the script ready when the short came out because yes. people could like sense it. I had like exciting people asking to see the feature or if there was a feature. And we were like, there is a feature. It's not ready to be seen yet. Um, <laughs> I haven't written it yet, but it's there. <laughs> I'm weird about like ma magical thought power stuff and i think Great. like yeah. something about us knowing like that we we all knew we wanted it to be a feature from before we even made the short that that's something apart about why it, i don't know like maybe that it stood out because we put so much into it because we knew we were this was just like the first step of what we wanted to do mm -hmm. um but it took a very long time like but it took a very long time to make the feature but to talk about the short experience it was like we could have never imagined it something that freaking awesome like we premiered at etheria film night where they only that's like a, a just a showcase where they only select like five to ten short films each year made by women and we won the jury award and the audience award and then we just went on and played all the a lot of the biggest festivals which i didn't get into with any of my pre like with call girl anything previous and even like Fantastic Fest, I had still have only played. Well, the feature ended up playing, but we played with a short there. That was my first time there. And actually, I went to Fright Fest out uh, with Call Girl. Stylus also played. Um, Fright Fest has like supported my whole freaking career. Yeah, which so is cool. Amazing. Great guys. Yeah, yeah. But really cool fest. Yeah. I never would play down to like filmmakers that like are planning their stuff. Like you, the film festival circuit is worth a lot to to invest in and try to travel to and like what it will lead to later the the pe people you meet and what it means to people when you like show up for your movie mm -hmm. um people remember it and re you and it's i just think that made a lot of difference because i went around with call girl a lot and then stylus came out and it was just like the, the most exciting experience but then it took us four years to be like we're making the freaking feature ourselves we're not waiting any longer we're trying to get money from like a company to at a somewhat decent budget and then finally i was like we're making this i can't wait any longer what, what was the what was the original intentions for the film in terms of the budget so it sounds like you sort of you worked out a different budget after you know looking for finance initially well we do not talk about money specifically but <laughs> um we were just we had an exciting producer attached to the script for a couple of years who was just sending it out to everyone that you send them to all financiers and producers and you just you know it's just the game that i have lots of films kind of in that status at all times where you just sometimes you'll get interest and then it doesn't go anywhere you just never know and for a while i started to feel like because i had 
stylist and another film in that process for like two years. And I thought maybe it's like, I feel like you have to make a feature before anyone's going to make a feature with you. Like anyone with real money, you know, like, like a big company. I yeah. Mean. It's um, frustrating as hell, isn't it? For... Catch 22 of like, uh, totally. it's like, even if you make a short film, like that did as did really well, like ours did, it's still like we couldn't get a feature off the ground to save my life, it seemed like. So it's a really weird balance, isn't it? Where you're in this place where you're ready to make a feature and people go, Yeah, yeah, we'll make a feature with you. You just need to go make one first. And you're like, Well, hang on, how am I supposed to do that? And that's what we've talked about a lot on this podcast about the discovery of that and how difficult it can be. And oftentimes it's you just go out and do it yourself. That is the trick. And it's like, I never believed you actually. Well, but it doesn't make sense because I'm totally the kind of person who understands you just have to do things, even mm -hmm. if you don't know what that means yet, like yeah. completely. Yes. But but I like to at least know with short films, it was not as hard to at least like kind of come up with enough of a budget to know we could finish the film. Yes. We had a plan. It's much cheaper. You know, with a, with a feature, it was harder for me to start something. It's like an internal thing to that I don't know how we will finish it you know or if we can and i can't and i don't know if i can deal with having a film sitting around you know for years and years that we can't finish that's not my i can't deal with that so but i learned that that's from so many filmmakers i would meet at film festivals i kept like with their first films they're doing well and i'd always ask like how did you get this one made and so many people just feel like you just have to start doing it and, and especially they're like specifically you don't know how you're going to finish it, meaning like finance all of it. You might know who's going to work on it if you get the money to pay them. But, um, and it's something about starting it. It really is all about like people then are going to believe in you because they're like, they're see you actually making the movie. And they're like, oh, okay, that's how it worked for us. Like we did a Kickstarter, but that was only a portion of our budget where we pieced the rest of it together as we went. That was only a small portion of it. It starts to, to gain its own sort of gravity, like because once you have, if you just have a script sort of sitting around, it, it just looks like a script. It's not really a, a business plan. But once you start, you know, getting crew together, you start getting your, your locations, you start building, you know, the team together, maybe even start shooting it. Suddenly, like it's a lot easier for people to actually see a finished product. Um, and it, it it, it sort of does just naturally attract people. And um, I think you have to, in your mind, set the goal that, you know, we are starting this, we are going to finish, even if the kind of logical sense of it doesn't doesn't seem even remotely sane at the time. Exactly. Like we set out the whole schedule, like this is where we're going to finish the movie. No idea how or like how. But it's going to happen that way. We have you to. Give you, you give yourself a date. And this is what I say to every filmmaker. Just yeah. say, this is the date we are filming. And then if something goes wrong, yeah, we're pushing it because for a reason, not just because we haven't got a date yet. Say, right, let's go. Right, we're shooting in June. We are shooting this feature film in June. It will happen or it will move that way. So the round May time you go, actually, we've got to push back a week because location, because of cast. But at least you're in that position. If you don't set a date, it's really difficult to move forward. And it sounds like you did exactly that by you'd gone through all the houses. You've gone through the route. How do I get money for this? I want to make this as big as I can. And then you realize, oh, actually... I don't. I can just go shoot this. This is a cool concept. You're you're clearly a very talented filmmaker, and you're going well. Actually, I've got a brilliant lead. I've got my you know I've got cast. I've got people around me. I can go make this. And that when you have that switch in your mind, that little flip, you suddenly go, oh, 
actually don't don't need to wait for anyone else. I can go do it. Is that how it felt for you? Was was that that sudden sort of inspiring kick that just went? I don't want to wait anymore. I'm doing this. It was like a huge kick. It was like to be personal. I my mom went through something really scary like a few months prior, a health scare situation where, and I've learned a lot from like loss and things in the past. I lost my father 10 years ago. And then what my mom went through was another reminder. Like that really is what got me into a lot of stuff in the horror filmmaking world, losing my dad, like just kicking me in the ass of like, time is that short. It really suddenly is over. And um, then what happened to my mom just out of nowhere, I was like, that's really was like, I am freaking done like waiting. Um, you literally don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, uh, so I reached out to the main, like the kind of the core people I thought, which are my main two producers from the short, who are also the DP and production designer, Sarah Sharp and Robert Stern and Najara are Townsend, our lead actress. Najara Townsend, she's amazing. So good. So I just reached out to those three and I was like, what do you guys think about starting this with a Kickstarter? We also have this other money set aside. And then we try to piece it together from there. I'm like, how small, how can, what's the smallest amount of budget we can make this movie at with like what we're going to do? Because none of us will pay ourselves as the main producers. And we're all the main three creative positions. So those are three th big things mm -hmm. off the budget. <laughs> we'll pay ourselves later. Um, sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use gift mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Yeah. But uh, we were like, how, what's the... And that was the first time I actually started to break the script down like a producer, which I'm used to producing my shorts, but I never like really broke it down, like how many locations and characters and that stuff. And then I realized this is not it's totally understandable why people told us this is not like a uh, low budget horror film, like the structure of it or the everything like, you know, you normally would write that in one or two locations with a few act, you know, characters and you write for the low budget normally. This was not written with like those constraints in mind. There's like 15 locations, a, you know, a few of them are huge things with like, we needed lots of extras, like a club, a dance club. We needed like a wedding scene, like a coffee shop, all these, that's not a cheap, that's not a low budget thing to do. So once I saw that, I was like, 
Oh my God. I see why I've been advised <laughs> to try to make this maybe late. Like some people try to convince me to maybe make it later in my career when I could get a bigger budget. I was like, this is one and mean so much to me that it'll shine through. We don't need the money. Like it means that much to also the, the rest of my team. Like they've been a part of it since the short film. Um, you know, tons of like, especially locations, which I feel like our, a whole budget of our size could just have gone to locations in a normal world were like humongous favors or, or like paying crazy, tiny, tiny rental fees for places. And so we are just like crazy fortunate and grateful to the community in Kansas City that like giving us these crazy locations for next to nothing or nothing. How did you, how did you go about that then? Cause there'd be people going, okay, I want to do that too. Did you literally approach and go, look, please cap in hand. Was there a tactic? Did you offer them, uh, you know, you'd be, your name's going to be, uh, you know, there in the film. What did you do? Well, obviously you being a hairdresser, you could get the yeah, salon, haircuts, right? Okay. Haircuts. I'll give you a free haircut. Just a, li just a little off the top. <laughs> yeah, just a little <laughs> off the top. When you see the film, you'll get Dom's reference there. <laughs> yes. When, um, no, we definitely want to make it fair. We don't want to, we're not trying to go out there and, you know, take advantage of people. Of course We not. We no. tell people like, you know, like where we are, honestly, and, you know, what we can afford and then with certain people that I knew on a personal level, they were more generous with us. But we also try to do things kind of trade, like certain people offered us locations for nothing. And we in turn were like, well, then we'll those days we'll order our catering from you guys because we want to do something. And of course, we'll put all of your names and the company and the credits. And then even like, for instance, like, the club we shot in the dance club is this place called record bar. I grew up going to, and like, we even have their logos on the pizza box in another scene. So we just try to do lots of nods like that all over the place. Um, Cause we're so freaking to anyone that did us any favors. We're like, Thank you so much. We'll do anything. A hundred percent. You know. Yeah. And that's it. And people are kind and people will see that you're, you're a nice person. You're actually going, look, I'm trying to make a film. I'm trying to build my career. Could you help me? And do you know what? It, things massively move on for you. You're going to go back to that piece of company and go, hang on. I can now really get you good sponsorship. Of course you would. You know, that's how we work. We're trying to help during that time though, of actually trying to raise the funds and going to the festivals and talking to people. Was there any really terrible advice that you got given that now looking back, you're like, oh my God, I can't even believe I even took that on board. <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. What do I have to say? Um, <laughs> some really bad advice. Cutting down the locations? No, I did need to cut down the location. Once I, that first version of the yeah. script, I was like, how, oh man, how many of these can I read? <laughs> There's, okay, and a hilarious amount of bathroom scenes in the movie as it is and i cut out a few of them okay there are more bathrooms we've joked that like it's gonna someone's gonna turn the movie into called like the bathroom in, in another <laughs> country for all we know um but it's possible. i guess like what's sticking out to me is someone that just tried to like discourage me a long time ago in general with like before kind of when i was starting slaughter movie house they were like you don't know what the hell you're doing and just like went off on me and i was like wow I yeah. can't even think of any bad advice because I'm just I'm the kind of person that's like go after what you want because but like you know be very serious about it and make a plan and 
it's really just about breaking it down. I, I think I think it's very interesting as well uh, the fact that you did sort of decide to stick with all those locations. Um, and and I think something that people sort of often uh, as filmmakers sort of skip by is the fact that communities are often very willing to help people that are either from the local area. Um, or even just take a punt on something that's that's something that a bit more interesting and fun than their sort of day to day lives, um, and you know at worst they might not get that much publicity, but you know at best they get to have a fun day out and and maybe people hear about them and and it's uh, sometimes people just love to be in a film, so it's always worth trying for those big locations uh, and those kind of those ideas if you're really passionate. That's about what them. I like, and something my mom I feel like said to me when I was younger, but that it it never hurts to ask of course like you need to have kind of some common sense with what that means maybe yeah. don't ask for like the world no but but it, depending yeah. on the situation because i have to ask for huge favors but i guess i'm always i try to be very grace you know graceful with it and say i completely understand like what i'm asking and it's not something i'm expecting and i know i know what i'm asking i know it's a huge favor and but it's you will. I think maybe it'll surprise people how generous people are and how much yeah they want to be a part of something that they think is like cool like that. And they see like oh, there's this huge team of people and everyone's like so inspired and positive. It's like it's an addictive thing and everyone wants to be like people who I feel like will you know barely be part of a project for the first time. You get that. You get why people love it. It's like an addictive connection. Yes. Yeah, and even like our location people would be we put like we shot in a coffee shop one of the women who worked in the shop we put her in the movie like working in the background and she was hanging out with us all the time and we like turn people into move you know filmmaking lovers after one time one day <laughs> yeah totally it's a really good thing to do because like say normally their day-to-day -day life is making coffees or you know the own the coffee shop whatever it is suddenly they get to be in a movie and there's movie cameras around and people around <laughs> who visit that coffee shop will see that and it's a talking point and it's useful for them and it's publicity and they can put it on their twitters and their socials and actually you forget all that when you're going cap in hand you know on a crowdfunder or going around knocking on doors it's actually people don't mind it's quite exciting as long as you don't take the piss as long as you've got insurance if anything goes wrong yes you know it's, it's insurance do everything right do everything right no absolutely you've got to do it right so jumping off the back of that how did you go about the the casting process because obviously you've got a very specific vision for the film and you you've got the casting fantastic it was all different processes with najara of course she was always coming back to be Claire and I don't know how the film would work without her. Cause it's such a, a role that I wanted to feel very like human and relatable while I acknowledge like what she does is very over the top, even for a real serial killer, it's very kind of absurd. So I was, it was, I was always personally battling with that, but I feel like Najar is like the reason it works. But um, with Bria Grant, we I met her through another project that we still have yet to make that we would love to freaking make. But um, once I met her, I feel like she then on in my mind was like becoming Olivia, the character. And um, she just had so much of her who Olivia was to me all in her real life. And so I reached out to her once we decided to do the Kickstarter she's been so busy lately i was like i wonder if she'd have time to do this she's like directing the movies writing more movies starring in more directing series now writing for series she's busy as hell and it really came she wanted to do it but it came down to kind of like right a month before 
can she commit to the time that we needed her for? Um, the rest of the cast, we, we casted locally in Kansas city, almost all locally. We had someone who I love. I want to shout out Vienna Moss, this adorable young actress. She played the flower girl in the film and she's incredible. That's the first time I met her, but she's so good. She had never done anything on film and she's incredible, but um, like so professional. I couldn't even, it doesn't even make sense. Uh, it's like magic. The way that she, this young girl acted on just would just like know what to do. Isn't it funny how sometimes kids, especially a really young age can just be so natural and just throw it away and just have fun. And you go, Oh my God, I feel like I found a gem, you know? And then three years later or whatever, you come back to them and they're like, no, nah, I can't, can't do this anymore. You know, just because <laughs> they'd be feeling comfortable or something around it. But yeah, your cast was incredible. Do you, do you look for anything specific when you're casting, when you're in the room with them? Cause this is before COVID that you cast this movie. So did you do casting sessions? And if you did, what do you look for? What's specific for any actors out there? What tips did you learn from thinking, Oh, that would have been useful or that was great. It was interesting. I did some in person and then, we did do a decent amount with video sent to me. I kind of like that with the first round because you get to see someone, how you will see them in the movie versus, you know, in person is different versus watching on monitor or something. Um, but it is nice, of course, to be in person to give, see how someone takes direction and to try different things. On this project, I actually got to work with a lot of actors. I've been hoping to give like, to work with in a more significant way for a long time. Cause I've on the short films, there's normally like maybe two characters and everything. And so I haven't been able to work with that many people, different people yet. So many people I've wanted to, or I've made music videos where I keep putting all these actors I like in, but you know, they're just hanging out. There's not a lot of acting. So it was really fun with, for instance, like our, I got to work with Jennifer Seward, who is our, our opening character mm -hmm. to say the least. Yes. Um, someone <laughs> I've wanted to work with for a very long time. And it was kind of a lot of these people was just me reaching out and having them record. It's like me versus like a casting call. It's like me approaching them, asking them to read for a role. I already kind of know, like, I'm sure this is going to be awesome. Um, all right. It's like, I've already decided in my head before I even see it normally. Um, but we had to do open casting for certain roles. And that's kind of painful for me. I wish I just like knew who I wanted all the time, but it is exciting to do casting because then you discover people you don't know. So it's like a, it's just a nerd. I'm just a nervous person. So when I watch auditions, I want everyone to be great. It's like, I'm a weird little nervous. I'm just, it's just a silly thing. I'm like, this is just part of the process, Jill. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know it's weird though, isn't it? When you see these people working really hard at something, they've, they've spent a long time and they've come in the room, they meet you and you go, I really like them but they might not be right for the part. And it's sometimes heartbreaking to go, oh God, no, that's such a shame, you know, but that's, you'll tick them down on your list. You'll keep their name. I certainly do. And I go, do you know what? But they'll be right for this next one. Or I'll push them in to get, and I think knowing you, I know you're going to go on and make other films. And if there's anyone in that, bracket you will probably go oh, i like them maybe there's a part for them in the future and i think that's all you can do but it is hard it is it's tough sometimes the director to go oh no i'm not gonna pick you this time it really is tough and i feel for actors you know it's it's not easy i really do for them putting themselves in, it's like the most vulnerable thing even even once you performing once you have the job is a very vulnerable thing but let alone the auditioning process i i have all the sympathy in the world for that process on that mm -hmm. side yes 
It's not easy at all. Absolutely. Um, but you, like I say, you had a fantastic cast and it's really great. Can I, I'd like to talk about your directing uh, thoughts then from going from the short. Like you say, you know that you're making a short in a certain way. You've got a day, two days, maybe sometimes more if you're lucky to make this. And you know it's going to be seven to ten minutes. shouldn't really be longer. You know you can kind of go, OK, I'm just going to beginning, middle and end. When it's a feature... You've got that much bigger arc to think about the characters, the days you're filming, the ins and outs. How, what was your what was your thinking behind it of sort of going, right, how am I going to tackle this? Did you do shot lists? Did you plan your days? What was going on in your mind when you were thinking about um, actually shooting, you know, the stylist, the feature? Organizing it seems like a nightmare. But once you get it organized, you're in a great place. But yeah, it's, we are all about everything needs to be is organized like to a T beforehand. Um, we've like blocked every scene, shot listed, everything um, figured out all everything. Like for this film, even more specifically, we had to like even sit down with our, of course we would discuss the schedule with special effects, but even in just our regular hair, make beauty hair and makeup, like, you know, we were shooting one location out versus in any order so we could be in claire's house all day and she, she's going through the entire film in different parts of the day and that's a lot of different looks going on so it's the schedule can be based on the progression of the makeup or the hair or what's happening is it are we getting dirtier more distressed looking throughout the day um so so much goes into like how are you scheduling it luckily like there's a whole team of people to figure the schedule out for mm -hmm. me yeah assistant directing team yeah um i've had like on my shorts i've only worked with an ad once but this we had like a, you know three ad's and then a whole um a, a pa team on top of that so so we are like planned out like crazy like i mean me and my dp are blocking stuff like months ahead of time yes. we want everything to have lots of thought and intention put into it and you if you're going to do that it has to start early so once we get there like the plan is nailed out as how we're going to shoot it the day the schedule down to like the minute but like for my directing because i know the schedule i then am like pull those pages out reread those every night or and way ahead of time i've made directing notes but i'm like this is what i'm focusing on today and look, when you have an assistant directing team, you don't have to worry about, are we on schedule? What's happening next? Because they're worrying about that. So you can like just be a director, which is, <laughs> this is the first time I've been able to like only be a director on set. And I was like, I don't know how to not worry about some of those things. <laughs> I know you, you can't, you can't help thinking about when lunch is going to arrive. You can't go, yeah, but we need to lunch is got, uh, what, oh yeah, but that's different. Always thinking you. about but, but when all, do we get to eat? Yeah. Something? When do we get to eat? But, <laughs> But also, the, I can't help it because I'm the same as you, Jill. I've come from that sort of doing stuff myself and making a, a, a short and Dom is same of going, well, I'll first, I'll produce it, I'll do everything. Yeah. Like we, I'm a main producer, but like once I'm on set, I have to just like, we're just our, our positions. And even like Rob, my DP is one of the main producers with me, but I would be like, Rob, what are we going to do tomorrow? It might freaking snow its ass off. We're supposed to shoot outside. It can't be snowing in the shot. And he's like, Jill, there's a whole team of people figuring that out. We can't think about that. I'm like, <laughs> I can't not think about it. But I'm like, okay, I'll try to put it back to, at the back of my mind. <laughs> but I'm like, it's going to snow tomorrow. What are they going to do about it? Are they yeah. calling Mother yeah, Nature exactly. to stop it? <laughs> yeah, know? totally. Throwing salt in the air. God, yeah. go away, snow. We've we got literally removed snow from a few shots. Really? Multiple shots outside. 
most stupid thing I've ever heard. Oh my about. gosh, isn't it crazy? No, I'm very think... thankful for it, but I'm of like, course you are. we're yeah. moving snow. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've for lost my our film. minds. <laughs> yeah, but most people are like trying to get snow on their film. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, like, we've totally. got some extra snow for you. Yeah, here's some snow. Yeah, exactly. How amazing. Dom, you were going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say how much actually, when you've planned it so meticulously and you've sort of really gone through everything, how, how much um, changed when you when you got onto set with with the actors? Were there was there a lot of moments where you ha- you were improvised, or did you try and really stick to your guns? I'm going to steal this from some filmmaker that said the idea of like I don't remember like where I read this, but they they say like there's something I, behind if you're that prepared you like you already know you can, you've already seen your if you've storyboarded and shot listed like you you know how your film edits together like you know it, how it works so if you at least get that you then have i feel like you're then free to you know be creative on the day cuz you at least once you get that checked off you know that you can do more things you're like well we can always fall back on that um, so we always like, even though we always find new ways to do things or even consolidate because our shot list will be a little bit longer than we're ever going to make on of a day. Of course. Yeah. You're never going to make your whole shot list done. But yeah, we make never. our days is very important to us, how we treat our crew. And there's only one day of all of, tw- of like 19 where we went over a few hours because it was like the last part of the movie and we had to do it. But, um, yeah, that's but, good we just would be like we're in a moment we're like we can shoot the whole scene right here that makes sense we don't need all this coverage this is what's important this isn't about like cutting back and forth between a conversation or whatever it might have been but we'd find new ways to to consolidate it and it made like it had intention behind it or whatever and so we still are completely open to that and then of course through the schedule things happen like we are shooting in winter in kansas city where one day it might be warm and the next day it's snowing you and so you might establish like i said it's not snowing in the movie at a certain mm-hmm. point <laughs> and then freaking the next day you're shooting out or it's like one night it got too cold we had to push a day because we're like we had a lot of exteriors and we're like we can't expect people to be outside for longer than five minutes in that weather like we can't shoot multiple scenes so certain things we had to move but there's only so much you can because it's like a puzzle of madness putting together a shoot you know like location availability and actor availability and everyone else's how does where does it all meet up it's and then the weather just comes in and then causes chaos screw your schedule yes <laughs> we're snowing all yeah. over it i don't get i'm snowing all over your schedule I like that that's a great quote um <laughs> it's it's it really is a really interesting film it's really in depth and what i really liked uh about it was you spent a lot of time on your lead uh, Najara's face you know who's playing Claire and I really like that there's this slow build where we're just sitting on her and we're just sitting on her was a lot of that found in the edit or like I say obviously you've got your shot list and you're prepared but sometimes when you come to the edit you go oh I can just hold on her the whole thing and it's really interesting had you like say on set were you going I've got this now I don't need like you mentioned there you don't need to cut away cut away were you already finding that when you were shooting or was it something you found in the edit probably honestly a mix because we do love to like concise language for the for the camera so it like all feels like I'm saying like really intentional and has like this is what happens. Oh, this is happening now. This it tells us how this, you know, kind of how this is supposed to feel. There were certain things where we knew we were just going to get in the long take, or but especially that opening zoom. We had we first cut the film kind of more traditional, like start on a wide of the salon and then cut into her. And 
but it was always my thought that like, we're going to, which is a traditional filmmaking thing. Like you start and end on a similar shot. I was like, we're going to start, we need to start on Claire because we're going to end on Claire. Cause like, this is Claire's story. It doesn't make sense to open on the, the scene. This isn't about a salon. This is about Claire. So that was my, my, I had a defense. I was like, we're switching to once we did it, everyone loved it. But I was like, it needs to start on Claire. Then we come out and show where she is. Like, I'm like, it only makes sense to bring people like right into her, her life. And, and the music and the cinematography really helped to sell that initial, that initial burn. And I, I think they were sort of really, really crucial for the success of that. Thank you. So I just just wanted to ask about uh, there was there was a couple of scenes that that really um, stood out as sort of a, a turning point in, in the the character's arc um, in the car park where she she sort of corners the the bride to be um, about the moment the film sort of made a conscious shift at that point um, and and I, I felt like you really sort of developed the neurosis of the character sort of from that moment onwards um, was that like a conscious sort of moment where you thought okay we need to step this up into into the sort of the climax of the film yeah that really kind of is <laughs> yeah a major kind of like this is the tipping point of this kind of spiral that's about to happen um and we really kind of wanted to make the camp make you feel like kind of what i was saying the camera kind of always representing how claire feels and maybe almost just you know kind of distorting reality um a little bit but this may be just me but when i feel like that scene really brings you onto claire's side like it almost makes olivia seem like she's being pretty harsh here where if you really think about it logically she's just kind of setting normal boundaries to someone who's being very uh very uh, overwhelming and, yes, and totally weird. overstepping them <laughs> mm-hmm. so we just we're kind of making trying to make you feel like claire like this is the end of the world. This is the worst moment of my life when it's not meant to be that horrific. And yeah, that is kind of a big tipping point. The next morning she does kind of go for one last trial with a phone call before completely <laughs> losing her mind. But um, that is kind of like her desperation. She's reaching out for like, you know, pull me back off this ledge. Like I'm about to fall if Mm. that Olivia didn't didn't realize that and it's not her responsibility to to fix her so up until that point in the movie you sort of tipped her around you know although she's obviously doing fairly crazy things the way that she does it it all seems very controlled Uh, and, and I feel like that that was the scene where you really understand that her her grasp on reality is 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 sort of beyond the normal the norms of socializing and, and <laughs> yes. understanding reacting to people. So it's really good. That it's it's such a brilliant film. I can't believe it's your debut. Like I said at the beginning, honestly, Jill, you've done so well. I loved how it's slow build, and everyone should go see the stylist to see how to make a feature, especially from a short to a feature. It's just a brilliant transition and really really well done. Um, just some final advice uh, then to any filmmaker out there who's wanting to do what you did turn their short into a feature what advice could you give them i think honestly one of the biggest things would be to kind of prepare the whole project from the start um like write your feature and your short all together kind of so that once your short comes out you have this package ready to present to people because i feel like that's like your moment to really jump on it and or you like you can still happen, but I just think that's a way to really like 
bring it all together and look, see like this whole thing was a plan from the start. And that's a common thing. People, you know, people make pitch pieces like that. Anyway, they'll make fake trailers and, but you know, if it's something that really works as a short film and it's something you can get out there and can kind of start to build a, a name for itself and a fan base, that's only going to help you, you know, convince people, I think, to try to make that feature or, you know, just to get help to make it. Amazing. Uh, it is available through Octane in America and Arrow Films um, in the UK. March the 1st, it is available. The stylist, do go, do go support Jill. Uh, and uh, you're on social media. Do you want to give everyone your handle and then people can go there and say thank you for doing this and thank you for a great film? <laughs> yes, it's uh, at Jill6 with two X's and then also follow the film at The Stylist Film. Thank you, Jill. You've been amazing. Really appreciate your time. You're a star and I can't wait to chat to you for the next one. Amazing. Appreciate you guys. Cheers, Jill. Bye. So there you have it. How amazing. Um, Dom, where can people find you? Uh, at home because we're in uh, lockdown. At home. Nowhere. <laughs> don't find him there. That You really don't want to see what's going on. It's All I can see now is Dom in darkness and it's just freaking me out. It just went slower. I haven't turned my light on. Giles did a runner through the, through the podcast, but I'm just sitting in darkness. <laughs> I was like, where's he going? Where's he going? I'm turning my light on. Because, you know, this could go out as a, a video at some point. <laughs> yeah, let's not put this out as a video. It's like getting... a sort of a DV horror from, from the <laughs> 1970s on, on my screen. <laughs> some of those are good, mate. Some of those are really good. Uh, where can people find you apart from in your home, sat on your bed in the dark? Direct to Dom Lenoir or Dom Lenoir as my as my handles. There we go. Uh, you can find me at Giles Alderson. Oh, obviously in your, the in your attic triangle. <laughs> I am in my attic triangle where the like magic a hat, happens. Actually. Thank you. It's just a little hat on my head. It does look like that on the video. Yeah, doesn't it <laughs> weird triangle head behind me um we might put a picture up of this and you'll see it on our socials where you can find us at the filmmakers pod on twitter well, actually it's just filmmakers pod on twitter on instagram it's the filmmakers podcast uh, do go support us if you like this tell all your pals and if you want to check out all our back catalogue of podcasts go to the filmmakerspodcast.com and search in the bar if you just want actors if you just want directors if you just want debut directors all you got to do is put that search in and all those podcasts with those particular people will come up Ah, oh, you lot are amazing. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We really do. We really appreciate how much we've grown and the, the, all the time and effort you've put into to listening and to supporting as well by just your little tweets. It means the world to us. Thank you. Uh, Dom, yeah, I, I, I love you. Thanks for joining us. Love you too. Remember, you can go out there and make your indie film just as Jill has done. You can do the same. Me and Dom have done the same. Be inspired. Go out there and make your film. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it is your duty to send the hairdresser back down <laughs> oh and this thursday check your inboxes because from now on every thursday the wrap-up will be dropping our weekly newsletter giving you all the latest film and entertainment news to save you scrolling on all the websites and that can go straight into your inbox if you're not getting that already go to our, our website and you can sign up um, if you are brilliant Again, again, something else cool and free from us. Um, and also this Thursday evening, oh, go on. I was going to say, I, I actually, I actually read, read through all of that uh, a couple of days ago, and I, I, I actually found it quite interesting. Oh my god! <laughs> Usually, I just sort of scroll through the. I'm quite <laughs> impressed. <laughs> but this one, uh, it's got, it's got very interesting curated facts from a whole variety of different sources in the film industry. Thank you. Uh, and it actually is quite a good resource. Thank you. So I, I think it's well worth having a look. Mate, that's a compliment from you. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that all day. 
Um, and this Thursday as well, um, and which is going to be every Thursday at the moment anyway, Clubhouse, if you've got an iPhone, you want to be a member of Clubhouse and you're not already, then ping me over uh, Twitter. I do have some spare invites at the moment. Um, but every Thursday, 6.30, we're doing Q&A with a load of our hosts and special guests where we talk how to make films. So come and join us. Link to that is in the show notes. Unless you're on an Android, in which case you can't. Yeah. Yeah, like Dom is. So he's not bitter at all or sad about this. No. no. I'm going to be in my own clubhouse. Be yeah? Like, What's it called? Android House. <laughs> and is it just you in there? Yeah. Yeah? On your own, in your little Android house? Yep. I imagine just playing with your little Android yeah, phone. <laughs> so, no, no different to any other day in lockdown. <laughs> Um, it is a full year since The Dare was released in cinemas, um, and now it's on Prime. You can watch it. Dom, uh, Dom's film uh, Winter Ridge, which I actually started watching again the other day because it's also on Prime. I was really enjoying it, and I got distracted by Clubhouse. So, <laughs> so uh, more of the story is don't, don't go on Clubhouse. <laughs> Just watch our films instead. Exactly. Basically. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Oh, God, I love that. Oh, a terrible, terrible thing. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You're superstars. We'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>